Hello and welcome to the Legal 500 podcast. I'm Barnaby Merrill. Today's guest is a very special one. It's, uh, well, it's, it's my boss actually, it's Anna Baubuck, who uh, is many things at Legal 500, but today she is wearing her very exciting, very special new hat of editor of the Global Green Guide. Anna, how are you doing? Hello there, my dear co-worker. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds ever so slightly threatening, but uh, that's, that's fine. We'll, uh, we can work with it. So, um, yes, we are talking about the very exciting launch of the Legal 500 Global Green Guide, and just wanted to have a chat with you about that, uh, what we can expect, and what we found from the uh, release of the first guide. So, I suppose first things first, what is the Global Green Guide and how did it come about? Thank you, Barnaby. And thank you very much for, you know, hosting this episode to tell the world about our beautiful new Global Green Guide. So what is it? Um, it basically, the Green Guide, uh, in a nutshell, is the first and only single platform dedicated entirely to the legal sector's contribution to a green transition. Um, so basically what that means is um, we are looking at uh, law firms, the private practice and um, both the client work and their own sort of uh, best practices and internal initiatives that could be labelled as green. Um, where did it come from? Uh, it basically emerged from an internal big idea challenge where staff at Legal Ease at all levels were invited to come up with a new product. So um, to our particular group, creating a new product centered around sustainability was, was a no-brainer. I mean, first of all, we're all passionate about the topic. And secondly, it was also around the time before COP26. So climate change was just in the news or even in the headlines pretty much every day, which unfortunately isn't quite the case anymore. But um, on top of that, during the research for the Legal 500 guides, we'd also just been observing increasing work related to sustainability and firm submissions. So, you know, that big buzz acronym ESG had just started to pop up everywhere. Um, and even I would say sort of across the wider Legal East portfolio, so also in our magazines and in terms of the events that we're, we're hosting and so on, including also our work with in-house counsel, actually, this this was and, and pretty much remains, you know, a trending topic. So, um, you know, there was that, but then also the fact that we felt like there's actually quite a significant information gap or, or as I say, no sort of single platform that is entirely dedicated to the legal sector's contribution to a green transition. So, yeah, we just thought that we should do something about that. Um, and um, I would say... You know, while the introduction of maybe new ESG rankings within the Legal 500 guides was or rather is a relatively certain prospect as well, because, you know, there is just a steadily rising number of firms that are establishing official ESG practice groups over the past few years. We, we felt that, you know, there was an opportunity outside of the, the usual ranking coverage to delve even deeper into this topic. And we also thought that um, it was important to provide maybe a bit more of a holistic view on firms' engagement with sustainability. So, I mean, I would say in private practice, ESG work is, of course, largely driven by client demand. But, you know, what about firms' own best practices and initiatives? Um, 
I mean, you might argue that firms work for clients is most significant because that will be the biggest driver of change. But actually, I think it's become equally important that firms not only talk the talk, but, you know, walk the walk. Um, So what do I mean by that? It's things like, you know, commitments like signing the UN Global Compact or, you know, joining external partnerships and alliances, contributing to thought leadership, providing pro bono work for NGOs and other, you know, associations, organizations in this space, and setting out internal goals and measures to reduce firms' own carbon footprints. All of that is sort of increasingly part and parcel of firms' sustainability business. So I think you could also say that some of this is not really new. And to a certain extent, ESG in this context is just a new way of describing CSR. But I do think there is, you know, an sort of invigorated drive for law firms to subscribe to sustainability in the broader sense of the word, and maybe also kind of a more urgent sense to consider the E of ESG. So, um, yeah, back, sorry, back to the green guide and, and what is it actually? Um, so we've divided it into distinct regional editions. But um, ultimately, it, it's the aim is for it to, to give a global overview because it is, you know, a truly universal topic. Um, and yeah, as I said, it kind of aims to provide a holistic view on firms engagement with sustainability. So that includes both work for clients that contributes to a green shift, but also firms own best practices and initiatives, which then contribute to firm sustainability credentials. So, yeah, I think we just we just believe this is a rapidly growing part of law firm service offering and business strategy. And um, our guide aims to be not only an observer, but also a driver of this development, hopefully. So with these guys, I think it's safe to say that we kind of go beyond our legal 500 rankings. But um, beyond the guides, I would also lastly note, and I'm aware I'm rambling a little bit now, but I... I just want to say that beyond the actual guides, we also have created space for additional material on the Green Guide Hub, because we also recognize that private practice is only one player in the legal sector's role in the shift towards a greener economy. So maybe arguably in-house lawyers are actually in a stronger position to drive conversations around the climate crisis and influence their respective companies' policies. So the Green Guide Hub, which is where the Green Guides sit, offers opportunities to extend the conversation, you know, to the in-house legal sector, as well as other actors in the legal sector in the shape of, you know, interviews, articles, webinars, events, and podcasts like this one. We do love podcasts. Great. So, um, obviously, the first edition, the EMEA Guide, has recently launched. We'll have a little plug to where you can find that at the end of the, um, the episode. But I was curious to know, what have some of the most notable findings been with this first edition? Most notable findings in this edition? Um, well, as you said, I think the EMEA Green Guide, you know, it's our inaugural guide. And I think in general, it's exceeded expectations. I think in total, I believe we feature 82 firms across the EMEA region. And they range from big international firms to small boutiques and regional players. Um, I think unsurprisingly, some jurisdictions have come out very strong, like I would note Norway, for example, or the Netherlands, or maybe also Ireland or Germany. But I think maybe what's been notable is that we've also found very dedicated firms in places like 
I don't know, Turkey, for example, you know, where, where firms working on climate change mitigation and green transition matters are truly pioneers. Um, you know, Bulgaria, Serbia, Georgia, Kenya were not sort of the, the, the countries that first come to mind, but there are relevant players there too. And I think I was just excited to see submissions from various corners of the EMEA region. Um, I think in terms of sort of actual work highlights, I don't think I can safely talk about those here, but also with regards to, you know, firms internal initiatives that that were some that were really quite impressive and important like just to name one random example of firm that put together and is maintaining a really huge comprehensive sustainability database which provides an overview over all the sustainability related regulations and industry initiatives um and i think overall a notable finding was also just the fact that you know the confirmation that this is indeed a growing area of practice and firms are increasingly picking up esg as something they need to include in their service offering and something that they also need to factor into into their internal operations um and I think what drives this main part, of course, be personal conviction, but mainly actually it's business because, you know, firms are recognizing that this is a business opportunity, which is not to say that I haven't come across a whole bunch of extremely dedicated and engaged lawyers that also have a passion for the topic, of course. So um, final question, what can we expect from the Green Guide moving forward? Um, how can law firms and, as you mentioned, particularly in-house counsel get more involved? So um, I think at the moment, of course, we'll just continue to research and publish all of the first regional guides. So we're currently in the middle of the research for our Latin America, as well as our US and Canada green guides. After that, we'll be looking at APAC, um, so Asia Pacific and the UK. So the expectation, I think, is that next year, all of these regional guides will expand substantially. And of course, as the market, as well as our guides expand, we will continue to refine and sort of develop the guides and see in which directions we can take it. I think there's a lot of potential to to scale them up. But um, I think for now, we'll just be completing this sort of first round of a year long research once around the globe, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. And of course, as I mentioned, in the meantime, our Green Guide Hub will just be populated with more content, including sponsored content. So this means private practice um, can also get involved even outside the actual guides with with plenty of commercial opportunities as well. Uh, We've uh, got multiple headline sponsors who who we're collaborating with in regional partnerships to delve deeper into climate change, sustainability and ESG issues in various countries. So this will also include some more events later this year. And of course, we'll keep producing the Green Guide blog articles with insights from our very own researchers across the company on various relevant topics. Um, And we're also very much planning on simultaneously complementing the private practice contributions with in-house perspectives. So you can also expect more content regarding in-house lawyers' roles in the shift, shift net zero uh, just as an example, we did a webinar with GCs Live at COP26 back in November. And just last week, we had a follow-up post-COP26 webinar looking at the role GCs can play in influencing their, their company's policies. And we also have a video interview series called Sustainable Conversations, where we interview in-house lawyers and other actors in the legal sector 
about these topics. So yeah, there's a lot more to come there. And I think we just we just love to hear from anyone who'd like to get involved. You know, we're always open for ideas and feedback, no matter if you're a lawyer at a law firm or an in-house lawyer, or perhaps if you work with lawyers, you know, do get in touch. Brilliant. Anna, thanks so much for uh, for chatting to us today. Um, I guess as a final point, would you perhaps like to steer people in the, the direction of the Green Guide? Where can they find that if they're... Uh... Obviously, they should be very excited and hopefully be trying to find it immediately. But if they're not, how could you uh, could you steer them in the right direction? So I think um, obviously people should be able to find it relatively easy by just going via our Legal 500 website. But the direct address would be legal500.com slash global dash green dash guide that um, sends you to our green guide hub and from there you can just click yourself through to the individual green guides like the um, first EMEA green guide that just launched. Fantastic. Anna Barbuck, thanks again. Thank you, Barnaby, very much for the opportunity. Mm-hmm.